everybody, welcome to the program, and I am super excited today. We have a really important guest, an important guest for so many different reasons. Uh, the time that we're in right now, as we literally are on the countdown just days away from what I call the most important election of our lifetime, and many, many people are agreeing with that, I think pretty much everybody, because of what is at stake here. And so Jesse Romero is the author of A Catholic Vote for Trump. And he's also retired deputy sheriff and a first-generation Mexican who believes that Donald Trump is the best candidate for people of faith because of his stance on pro-life and religious liberty and family values. He understands traditionally white Catholics have primarily voted Republican, while Hispanic Catholics, though, have voted more Democrat. And so Mr. Uh, Romero is going to break this down. But Jesse, welcome to the show. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for inviting me. God bless you. Well, it's a blessing, and I'll tell you, I was just telling you offline that, you know, I started reading your book, and it is very impressive and important, and that's why we wanted to have you on the show today, because the Catholic vote is so crucial and critical, and, uh, you know, I have a massive, I didn't, I didn't tell you this, but I have a, a huge love growing up in Los Angeles for, you know, the Hispanic community, Latino community. I actually, one of my biggest mentors is Pastor Met, uh, Nets Gomez, who's on Radio Nueva Vida, and, uh, you know, dear, dear friend and brother. And so I've been immersed in uh, the Hispanic church. You know, I've, I probably spent more, you know, I preach at more Latino congregations than probably Anglo uh, congregations. And so I'm very familiar, uh, you know, with the Latino culture. Culture. And so why don't you start by that? Uh, you know, the Latino culture is, is a culture that loves family and values and the principles of the word of God. And so how can we, you know, address this very important community? Todd, the, the, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, knowledge of God, love for God, piety, devotion, it's stamped in the DNA of the Latino. It yes. really is. Yes. Uh, it, there, you won't find much atheism amongst Latinos, anybody in South America. They don't have these intellectual hangups like a lot of people, you know, Europeans and Caucasians do. They're simple people. They understand that there's a God and that they are not. And, uh, and I'll tell you the good news is that most Latinos right now, according to Telemundo, which is a leftist organization, they did That's a poll right. a week and a half ago. And they were very surprised to discover that 66% of Latinos that called up Telemundo were saying, we're voting for Trump. 34% of Latinos that called on Telemundo, which is, again, a leftist organization, yeah, yeah. they said they were voting for Biden. So it's breaking very strongly towards President Trump. And I'll tell you why. Latinos are pro-family. Trump is pro-family. Right. Right. Latinos are pro-life, generally speaking. Trump is pro-life. Latinos are pro-church, pro-faith, pro-religious liberty. So is President Trump. They see that. Also, Latinos want to work. You'll notice that and, and, and when you see most people that are homeless in our country, you won't find, in fact, I defy you to find a homeless person from south of the border. Hmm. Now, you, you'll find first-generation Mexicans or El Salvadorians, people that are already immersed here in public schools here in colleges. But I defy you to find a homeless person from south of the border in any of our – they don't do that. Yeah. That's, not, that's not their tradition. They want to come and work, and they'll work two or three jobs 
yeah, till their knuckles are raw. And they see that this president has created the best economy in 60 years. And that's all they want. They want to come somewhere where they can raise their families and they can be allowed to work their knuckles raw and they can be allowed to worship God as they see fit. Wow, that is such an amazing answer that you just gave because no one's been able to really articulate that in the way that you just did. You know, I was uh, in 2016, it was really interesting. I was at a tire shop in Los Angeles. Both of you and I are from LA area. And I was sitting in the tire shop and, you know, uh, I was in uh, Pacoima. So most of the people that were in the, in the shop were Latino, you know. My wife grew up in Pacoima. Yeah. Up in Pacoima. There you go, right? And so, and so we're, I'm watching the television, and of course, I was remembering the reporting at that time, and every, every Latino is against Trump, right? And so I'm sitting there, and everybody in this waiting room is Latino, except for me. I'm Italian, right? So I'm sitting in there, and, and Trump comes on, and then I start hearing the response, and it was not what you would think. People were actually appreciating what President Trump was saying. And so I think there's been this lie that's been pushed on us where, you know, we just feel like, you know, African-Americans are against Trump, Latinos are against Trump, when in reality, like you said, we want to work, we want to have families that are safe, and, you know, we want our communities to have safety, and, uh, you know, President Trump is, is of course, the most pro-life president. Latinos care about life. Uh, let's get into that a little bit, because your book talks about that, uh, you know, how President Trump opposes abortion. What did you say about that in the book? I have a whole, uh, in, in the end of the book, I have a whole appendix where I show a lot of his pro-life legislation. Uh, as Jesus Christ says, uh, you'll know them by their fruits. Yes. You can talk a big game, like a lot of, you know, a lot of politicians talk about being pro-life. Trump does. If you look at the back of my book and look at all the executive or pro-life legislation orders that he has signed by the power of his pen, you'll see that this is the most pro-life president in my lifetime. I'm 59 years old. Yeah. You'll also see a lot of other presidents, you know, they pay lip service to the pro-life movement. Donald Trump actually did something that uh, it took a lot of courage to do as a sitting president, to go to the Washington March for Life yes. and to go and give a speech to all the people that are there every single year. Can you imagine how they felt seeing the president of the United States supporting them? Basically, as they say, he's got our back. And if you want to see the president pro-life's credentials, uh, if there's any question, he promised to give us pro-life justices. Because right. if you look at the history of this country, a lot of the bad legislation that, that has been forced down our throats and that we're forced to follow – through judicial fiat has come to the U.S. Supreme Court through judicial right. activists. Well, yeah. guess what? He said, I'm going to give you court uh, justices that are not judicial activists, that are originalists and people of faith. And guess what? Promises, uh, promises made, promises kept. He gave us Gorsuch, Gorsuch again, yes. a man of faith, uh, uh, Kavanaugh, a man of faith, and again, a uh, 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 a justice that doesn't believe that the, the, the Constitution evolves. Yes. And now he's putting in Amy Coney Barrett. Yes. And what's the left? What, what is their criticism of her? Some of them have said it. They say she's too Catholic. Yes. Why do they say that? Well, obviously, they, the, you can tell, as Do, uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein said uh, last time she was grilling her uh, for when she was going for that other federal judgeship, she said, looked at her and says, you know, like, oh, you got seven kids? Hmm. The dogma lives loudly within you. Can right. you imagine 
if Amy Comey Barrett was a practicing Muslim female running, uh, you know, being appointed by, by the president for Supreme Court justice, and if, uh, you know, she's following the principles of the Quran, which right. they don't believe in abortion, can you imagine... You think one of the senators would have looked at a Muslim female hmm. with seven kids and said, hmm, the dogma of the Quran lives loudly within you. Oh, that would have it. never yeah. happened. That's it right. shows her anti-Christian bigotry. Yes. And, and you, know, you know what else they criticize Amy Comey, Comey Bear for? She, because that? she believes that the husband is the head of the house. Mm. 522. Wow. Yeah. That's anathema. The husband's the head of the house. She believes it. Oh, she goes to Bible study every week. Oh, she believes in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Oh, she believes in God's word. This is what they're criticizing for. Some of the senators have actually said, you know what? Uh, 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 what's his name? The, the Bill, Bill Moore, yeah. last Saturday night, he says, this woman is dangerous. He said, why? He goes, She's not Catholic. She's like really Catholic. He goes, she's like really, really Catholic. In yeah. other words, uh, th they're using a litmus test here. They're saying somebody who's passionately in, lo in love with the Lord Jesus Christ is disqualified to be the Supreme Court justice, according to the Democrats. Very, very scary. They are infringing on religious liberty and freedom, as you mentioned. And I really believe if somebody would have said exactly what you just said about a Muslim, they would probably have to, re you know, retire. They'd probably be, you know, completely taken out of them and they'd have to go out in disgrace. But for some reason in this nation where we have majority of people are either Christian or Catholic or believe in Jesus Christ, you know, for some reason, we're just sitting back and allowing this and uh, we can't, we can't allow it anymore because it's coming into, you know, it's, it's at our doorstep now, uh, Jesse. And, you know, we're seeing this, uh, uh, this woman, uh, Amy Coney Barrett is, is literally, I mean, you can't get much better of a quality judge than her. I mean, it's, she, she, her, her, you know, track record speaks for itself. She literally, um, you know, interned, uh, you know, under past Supreme Court justices uh, Scalia. I mean, she's she's an amazing woman. She's raised right. these children. Yeah, graduated number one in her in her law class. She was the valedictorian. Graduated number one. Joe Biden, who's running for president, graduated. He he was ranked number seventy five out of eighty four law students. And he lied about it too. He lied about it. He's come out in several places and said, "No, that's not the case." He was at the top. He was, and then you know, it's unbelievable. He gets away with this. The man has plagiarized past speeches and literally lost the campaign because of it. But for some reason, he's got back up as the top of the ticket of the Democrat, which is just unbelievable. I always thought, just in the videos of him groping the the young ladies. I mean, to me, that's so scary. And I don't know how anybody could just overlooked that. Uh, you know, Democrats say that they believe women. There's been women that have come out against Joe Biden. For some reason, they didn't believe them. I mean, I can go on and on. I mean, the man seven is- Seven women. He's got seven credible accusations against him. And guess what? Kamala Harris, when she was on stage running against him, she was pointing those things out. Yes. And she was saying, those, these women have to be listened to. All of a sudden, Kamala Harris is asked to be his running mate, and all of a sudden, you hear crickets. She's not promoting the Me Too movement any longer. She's not talking about the rights of those seven women that, right. whose, whose stories should be thoroughly investigated. You hear nothing from her now. Right. 
Exactly. I mean, the, the hypocrisy couldn't be more uh, overt. And I mean, it's just unbelievable. But this is what we see all the time. And because the mainstream media is on the side of the leftists and the socialists and the communists, this is what they're also pushing. But it's very dangerous. And you you really uh, eloquently put this in your book of what this could look like here. Uh, President Trump is calling out corruption. He's calling out criminality. And you're saying that Catholics should prioritize integrity honesty in government, you know, uh, Spygate, the Clinton Foundation, you get into all these things. Why should, you know, why should we be concerned about this? I'll make it very simple. As Christians, we believe that government comes from God. Romans chapter 13, the entire yeah. chapter. And our Lord Jesus Christ also says, render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, render to God what belongs to God. So government is a patriarchal institution that comes from God. In fact, even Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ told a punch of spider. He says, you would have no power over me if it wasn't given to you by my father. Yes. And so the, the fact is we want a government that represents the will of the people. We want law and order. We yes. want a, go one, a government, as it says in a 25 cent coin, one nation under God, yes. liberty, and e pluribus unum, which means from many one. Not this multiculturalism, multiculturalism that's promoted by the left. The, the we want unity. President Trump is a unifier. The Democrats are dividers. Yes. In fact, the Democrats, if you want to see who their, uh, you know, who their paramilitary arm is, is Black Lives Matter and Antifa. That's the right. paramilitary arm of the Democrat Party to try to intimidate people to vote for Biden and Kamala Harris. Yeah, it's that's like modern day brown shirts, you know. That's I mean. right. <laughs> That's dividing this country. Uh, they're, they're, they're part of the cancel culture. They're part of the destroy the statue culture. I, don't, I disagree with General E. Lee or whatever. Destroy Christopher Columbus. The Democrats, everything that they touch, they destroy yeah. and they divide. By the way, that's a diabolical sign because the word demon in Greek, it means one who divides. Mm. And the word devil in Hebrew and Greek means the destroyer. Okay? Yes. That's what he yes. says in John 8, 44. I come to dis uh, I'm a murderer and a liar from the very beginning. Okay. President Trump is a unifier. You see people, uh, how are they unified? Because he's given us, he's defending our religious liberty. He's pro-police. Yes. We need police. We need police. Bring in fact, a poll was done in the black community. 80% of blacks said, we want more police, not less right. police. Are you kidding? Well, and, and that's blacks and Hispanics they, want more police in their neighborhoods, not yes, less. Yes, because if you, if you look at the statistics, and we had Larry Elder on recently. He was just going through this. He's really great at, at, at giving facts and statistics. But, you know, the people who are calling the police in the African-American community are the African-American mothers and, 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 and moms and, and family. You know, they, they want more protection because of what's going on. I was just recently, uh, Jesse, in the south side of Chicago. And I'll tell you, um, you know, you hear a lot of things about the south side of Chicago. But when you're there and you're with the people in the community, it's a whole different story. And you've been, uh, you know, in, in policing before as a, a, you know, deputy sheriff. And so, you know, uh, you know, it, it, I felt for the people in that community because I could see the fear. 
and I could see what they're going through. And I couldn't imagine if that was my reality, that I live with that every single day. But yet, you know, as the defund the police movement spreads, because that's what the Democrats are pushing now. Not only are they pushing for babies to be killed after birth with infanticide, but they're pushing to defund police departments. I mean, you can't get any more insane but this is the reality. And so you coming from a, a law enforcement background, can you just kind of break down what that actually means for a community? Well, I'll tell you, the people that suffer when you start talking about defunding the police are minority communities. Yes. Because people like Nancy Pelosi, you know, you know people like the Hollywood elite, they got private security. They have, uh, you know, high walls, you know, speaking of walls, you know, the left <laughs> says that they don't like walls. All these elites have high walls, uh, you know, high fences, uh, uber security, security guards, guys walking around them that, are, that, are, that have weapons. You know, they're always saying that they're against weapons, right? They want to take away the right. uh, you know, se- against Second Amendment. Yeah. But the people that are going to suffer are the rank and file, the hoi polloi, Joe Sixpack living in the barrio, living in That's the right. ghetto, trying to make a living. Because what's going to happen now, you're going to have the predators. They're going to say, wow. No cops out here, no sheriffs out here. Man, yeah. we're going to have a field day. People are going to be living literally uh, in, in fear inside their houses. Yes. Uh, the, the fact is, law enforcement is a God-ordained profession. Romans chapter 13, read That's the right. entire chapter. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Blessed are the peacemakers. Yes. They shall be called the children of God. That's what a cop is. He's a peace officer. Yes. He's there to bring peace. He's the vanguard of society. It's a God-ordained job, and it doesn't surprise me that the left wants to destroy something that literally has God's anointing upon it. Am I saying that every cop is perfect? No, because we're all sinners. Romans 3.23, right. all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In, there are individual cops that do bad things, and they should get uh, dealt with on a case-by-case basis. But I'm saying the institution, that patriarchal institution, is God-ordained, and blacks and Latinos, they're screaming for more police, not less police. And that's why, by the way, the police chiefs and the sheriff's association nationally, they know that President Trump has law enforcement's back. Law enforcement generally... They basically endorse the Democrat candidate. Uh, they've been doing it for decades because they just say, oh, you know, this, we're a union job, and this is the union, supposedly the, the, the person that's for unions, the, the Democrats. So they just basically give their, their vote for them, or their, their, they just basically, you know, uh, let people know, yeah, this is who we're going for. Guess what? This year, every chief of police and every sheriff in the United States, Joe Biden can't name one person, <laughs> one right. cop, one executive cop. Not one, but because they know that President Trump has their back, law enforcement, he, and they also know that he's a president that represents law and order. That's right. And, you know, it's so important what you're saying, Jesse. You know, I, I didn't even know, but you actually have a master's degree in Catholic theology. And that would make sense, uh, you know, in the way that you're speaking, because you, you really know the scripture. And, uh, you know, I, I said it before, but I'll say it again. You know, it, there's, there's a real love for the Latino community. I'm trying to say Latino like you, because I need yeah, to learn yeah. it. <laughs> Thank you, man. Uh, But, you know, my whole life, because, you know, I have a darker skin and I grew up in Los Angeles. Many people thought I was Latino, honestly, and most of my friends were Latino. And so I have a real love for Latino people. And I I know the culture. I mean, I've been, you know, like I said, spent so much of my life, you know, with the Latino people. And so I know they're such good people and they have such a, a love for family and such a heart for God. 
And we've always said as pastors, you know, we really believe that there's going to be revival in the Latino church because we see this passion. We see the heart for prayer. We see the stance for life. And so the only disconnect that I've ever had where it, 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 it's just, it was a disconnect for me where I don't understand it, but was the connection to the Democrat Party because I would look at the Democrat platform and then I know these people, these are my friends, my pastors, my mentors. And I said, it's just, it didn't make sense. Now, it seems like that's shifting. And, you know, it seems like that's changing. And it seems like there's an awakening. But how did the Latino people get so connected with the Democrat Party? Here's what happened. In the 60s, when the Democrats, they, they gave us uh, the, the, the New Deal along with welfare, what happened is the Democrats, by by this entitlement culture that they brought in the 60s, that impacted the blacks and the Latinos because here's what happened. It's very difficult to defeat Santa Claus when Santa Claus comes into town. Yeah. And that's how the Democrats have painted themselves for the last 40 or 50 years. Don't, the, the Republicans are mean. Don't worry, we'll take care of you guys. We'll give you guys and we'll meet your needs. The, de- the Democrats have the philosophy. They see a poor person, they're going to give them a fish. Come tomorrow, I'll give you another fish. Come the next day. That way you're beholden to them. You're tied into them. Mm. The, de- the Republicans have the philosophy is they see a, 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 a person who's hungry, they give them a fish. They say, okay, now I'm going to teach you how to fish. So tomorrow yes. you can fish for yourself. That's the Republican way of looking at, 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 at politics and, and society. And the fact is, the reason a lot of Latinos go for the Democrats, again, welfare was a huge it, welfare preys upon our fallen nature. We all have a fallen nature, okay? And, and one of, uh, you know, we call our, St. Paul wrote an entire chapter on that in Romans chapter 7. And when somebody's going to give you something for free, again, that appeals to, what you know, the seven daily sins, Proverbs 6.16, the sin of sloth, that appeals to our sloth. We want to take the path of least resistance. So that's one of the things that made a lot of men irresponsible, black men, Latino men, was welfare. That's yeah. where you got that word, you know, you know what, the government will take care of my, my, my wife and stuff. If I, I'll, move on, I'll move on with this honey bun over here. The government will take care of it. So what welfare did, the Democrats created a patriarchal society in the ghettos and in the barrios mm. through welfare. Welfare became the husband. Welfare became the father. And basically, welfare told men, you don't need – you don't need to stay at home if you don't want to. You can move on and go to your next uh, baby mama. And it made right. men irresponsible. It did. It made men yeah. irresponsible. And it made men follow their, their, their fallen nature, their lower passions. Number two, second reason why Latinos uh, have historically gone for the Democrat Party is because the, the, the Latinos media is all left. Mm. Telemundo, Univision, you go through all the it's, – it's all like <laughs> Latinos got – like MSNBC and CNN. That's oh, the equivalent. That's all they have. <laughs> oh, they, don't have they don't have any conservative outlets. They don't have any opposing voices. They don't have any, you know, Fox News in the evening, so to speak. Is there anybody and, on the alternative media that's coming out? Well, this is, this is why the Latino vote is now starting to break for Trump. Yes. It's because of people like you and myself, but of course in Spanish, yeah. podcasters. Good. There's a lot of Hispanic conservatives, Catholics and Protestants and people of goodwill that are jumping into podcasts and they got pretty huge audiences yes. and now they're giving the oppose, opposing conservative Christian worldview right. and a lot of people are dumping 
Telemundo, Univision, Galavision, and they're going to these conservative podcasters and saying, wow, I never heard this before all my life. And so this is why I I believe that Telemundo, when they put out that poll, 66% (laughs) of their viewers, of their viewers, are going to vote for, for President Trump. They were shocked. I think, I think they, most of them had a heart attack the night that they put out that poll. Yeah, no, I, I think the president even retweeted that poll too. And, you know, rightfully so. I mean, I think we all saw that and said, wow, that's a big eye opener, you know. And so here we are, you know, we're, we're days away now from this election that has severe consequences. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I hear a lot, maybe you can help answer this, Jesse, and it will circle back to your book, but, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, what about the, the kids in the cages? You hear, I'm sure you heard that, right? The kids in the cages, you know, how do you explain that? Well, I would just say that if you, if you look at the kids in the cages, number one, those pictures that they were using were pictures that were taken under Barack Obama's reign. That's right. That's number right. One. Number two, the kids in the cages, those cages, quote unquote, were built by Barack Obama and Joe Biden. They're yeah. the ones that built them. They're the ones that use them. But it's funny, when they use them, they call them, the, the, the media, the mainstream media call them detention facilities, That's right. and they call them holding tanks. Now, President Trump uses the exact structure that Barack Obama and Joe Biden built uh, to detain people that are breaking the law, crossing the border illegally, and yeah. now under, uh, under President Trump, now the media calls them cages. Mm-hmm. But under President Trump, Obama, they were called <laughs> holding tanks and detention centers. This is what the left does. This is called yeah. verbal engineering. Mm-hmm. They play with words, and verbal engineering usually leads to social engineering. They're right. able to, you know, they're, they're, these, these psychological operatives are able to put in your mind like, whoa, Trump is a bad guy. He's using yeah. cages. Yeah, and yes, that's good. It, it's that subtle verbal engineering that the Democrats used over and over again. It's psychological warfare. You know, I went down to McAllen, Texas, because I wanted to see for myself. And, you know, they allowed uh, the media to tour these facilities. And honestly, what I saw with my own eyes, this is why I encourage people, really go down there do your own research, understand what's going on. Uh, a lot of these people that work in these places really care about the kids. The, the kids uh, a lot of times are used by coyotes and traffickers and a lot of uh, criminal activity that's going on. And so the U.S. government has a huge responsibility to try to reconnect them and get them put into place where they, you know, because they're not even with their families a lot of the time. They're being used by these criminal organizations, the cartels. And what I saw down there, it was almost like a classroom environment, uh, Jesse. You know, it was, you know, they had crayons and, and, you know, school supplies and different things and nothing like what was being reported. And, uh, you know, and so I think it's important that people do the research on these things. But as you said, it's a psychological warfare operation that the mainstream media, what I call the big six and the corporate media that have an agenda are, are putting on the American people. And so if you don't do your due diligence, you don't do your research, you're going to hear these key words and you're going to think President Trump is this awful guy that's putting these kids in cages and all these different things. So that's why it's very important that we break these things down and do the investigative journalism that the mainstream media won't do and talk about these subjects. And, uh, you know, you said... Uh, Let me make something real quick. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove to you another instance. I'm going to show you how much this president loves the Latino community. One of the problems of the Latino community in the, in the last couple of years, probably for the last 20 years, has been this horrendous uh, terrorist group called... Mara Salvatrucha, MS-13. That's right. The, the, these guys are basically Latino terrorists 
in Latino communities, and they've been ravaging and pillaging barrios all over the Southwest and even moving on to the Midwest and the East Coast now. Well, guess what? The first president that actually says, you know what, I'm going to take a fight to that. I'm going to stop them from victimizing the Latino community. President Trump has virtually destroyed this organization, oh. and you hear nothing from the mainstream media before right. under Obama, even under Bush. This was a constant problem in the Hispanic community, the fact that they would uh, you know, charge his Latino businesses rent, you know, uh, we'll kill your daughter, we'll kill your wife. Uh, they were running the, the narcotics in the street through the, through the gangs. This was a criminal organization that President Trump has basically squished under his heel. Yes, and, and the, the significance of that is still yet to be seen how far reaching, because as you report, you know, even in uh, communities in Mexico, they've been, you know, the mayors have been killed. I think of Juarez and other places, but it doesn't just, it's not just those areas. It goes all the way down to even some of the resort places where the cartels are taxing. You talk to local businesses, this is a huge problem. And in, in, in the Obama years, I recall Fast and Furious, where they were literally arming cartels, unbelievable. And, and so what an amazing turnaround, and uh, President Trump is doing tremendous things that we don't hear about. And, and you even said in your book that you're not saying that Donald Trump is the answer to all of our problems, because circling back, really, we believe that Jesus is the answer. And, Amen. you know, it, we, we want to see Donald Trump win because this is a battle between light and darkness. But as we circle back to the Catholic vote for Trump and the real battle that we're in, and I say this on almost every show, is that we're in a battle between light and darkness right now. And you know, the, 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 the reality could not be any more different. I mean, the vision for our country couldn't be any more different. If the Democrats win this election, it's going to be a dark, I mean, not that God will not still be on the throne because he will, and the church will still press ahead, but our nation is going to have to deal with persecution like we have not seen. And we're going to have to deal with some very scary things. And I, I'm praying that the church has more time in what we call a reprieve season with Donald Trump, where we're given more time to, to be preaching the gospel, to get people saved and set free and healed and delivered. And, uh, you know, we've had an amazing opportunity to do that in America. I believe the remnant church is rising. And uh, Jesse, just before we get ready to close here, I just wanted to speak about those things that Jesus is the answer. You know, you're out here uh, representing him in, in the Catholic community. Uh, just kind of elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, when people say, how can you vote for Trump? He's on his third marriage. And look at the way he talks. he got a foul mouth. I just tell people simply, I say, you know what? I'm not voting for a pastor. I already have a pastor. Right. His name's the Lord Jesus Christ, John chapter 10, verse 16. I already got a pastor, the good shepherd. I'm voting for a president. And the fact of the matter is, this is the most pro-Christian president I've ever had in my lifetime. He speaks more about God from the heart. Yes. And about the Lord Jesus Christ from the heart than anybody else. And the fact is, uh, he puts flesh to his words. He's the most pro-life president we've ever had. He's, he's promised to give us conservative, faith-based Supreme Court justices. He's given us the best economy uh, that families have ever seen in 60 years. Uh, he's made the environment very pro-business friendly. Latinos are big into small businesses, gardeners, yes. swimming pool, you know, clean, you know, cleaning house. They're, you know, taco trucks. They're big into small businesses. And this lockdown affects them. I'm going to tell you, when they heard President Trump say in the debate, he says, I'm going to open up this country if I win on November 3rd. And, and, and uh, Joe Biden says, I'm going to lock down this country. You could see the Latino vote all over social media. It started ticking up because Latinos want to work. Right. Latinos aren't 
they, they don't like to be beholden to the government because, again, they're fleeing countries that have big government. Yeah. You have yeah. communism in Bolivia, Nicaragua, uh, Cuba, uh, you know, Venezuela. They're fleeing those countries. Mexico's, you know, moving towards socialism, and it's a drug, a drugocracy, you know, in many places. The fact is, they're fleeing oppressive oligarchies and regimes, and they're coming here because they want, uh, they want what President Trump is giving us: yes. one nation under God, religious liberty, religious liberty, also, and also from many one. The fact is, in this country. Uh, He's unifying people. He's not dividing people. And this is something that's very attractive to the Hispanic that's coming from south of the border. Absolutely. Jesse, you, you really put this <laughs> in such a way, man. I give you so much credit and I thank you and I honor you for all your, you know, your work and years of service to the community. And the book that you have is called Catholics, uh, The Catholic Vote for Trump. It's the only choice in 2020 for Republicans, Democrats, and independents alike. Will you tell us how we can get a hold of this book, Jesse? Yeah, you can get a hold of that book by going to my website, jesseromero.com, or go to amazon.com, amazon.com, or tanbooks.com, tanbooks.com. And I'll tell you why I wrote the book is because if you look at national elections in the last 50 years, the majority of the Catholic vote decides who's in the White House. So this yeah. is why I wrote the book. It's in Spanish as well. Uh, President Trump won the Catholic vote four years ago. Uh, he, he's in the White House. Obama won four years before that. Everybody who wins the majority Catholic vote, there's 70 million Catholics in this country, is in the White House. And right now, thanks be to God, President Trump has 54% of the Catholic vote. Biden has 46%. If we can hold that or increase those numbers, President Trump will win in a few weeks. Amen. Well, that's what we need. It, it literally could not be more important for every Christian, every Catholic to get out and vote and get Jesse Ramiro's book too, because it is awesome. And Jesse, thank you. We're going to be praying for you as you are out there doing what you do, getting the truth out there, man. And you are welcome on the show anytime, my friend. Thanks, Todd. We'll keep in touch. All right. I look forward to that. And we'll be right back with more today. Hello, my name is Pastor Todd Coconato. I'm the director of the Religious Liberty Coalition. I'm here today to talk to you about a very important matter for your church or your ministry. You don't have to be a pastor to be concerned, but religious liberty in America is under attack. That's right, right now churches are being fined, some pastors are being threatened with their power turned off, or maybe even being thrown in jail. We have to respond. And that's why the Religious Liberty Coalition is here. We are a robust network of believers in Christ who are willing to stand together and fight for religious liberty and freedom in the United States. Not only that, but we will give you the resources and educational materials that you need, as well as legal counsel and legal protection. That's right, legal protection. If you join the coalition, you will be protected. Think about it. Joining the coalition could be the most important move that you've made for your ministry, church, or yourself. We will stand with you. You can also sponsor your church. It will be the same thing as if they joined themselves. We need this type of protection in 2020 and beyond. Join the RLC today. You can find us at www.rlcus.org. Thank you and may God bless America.